Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Pedham here. As always, and of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a one-all draw away at Anfield against Liverpool on Saturday. Hopefully, everyone's hearing this burn early on the Monday, or really, whenever you're hearing this, hopefully, you're having a good day, and you're happy knowing that Villa are going into the final day of the season with a very good chance, potentially, let's not jinx it too much, of securing European football with the uh, the Europa Conference League. I'm going to have to kind of uh, make sure I don't sputter that up going forward. But I don't want to be too cocky pretending that we already have it in our hands completely because you never know when it does come to Villa. But anyways, let's go over to the other lads. The I guess the uh, Agbon Lahore and Vyman to my Christian Benteke, that being uh, Sebastian Bacon and Simon O'Regan as well. So Seb, I don't know which one of those you want to be, but how's it going for you? I mean, my... My second ever favorite player is Andy Vyman, so I'd um I'd happily take that role. Um, <laughs> Simon, you can be Gabby. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think we've come on here the last few weeks and said we would absolutely snap your hand off to go into the final day with it in our own hands. I think I think we after the Wolves defeat, we almost said if we have a chance to finish in the top seven going into the final day that would be good enough. So to have it in our control, you can't, you can't really ask for more than that. And it's now we've got a long week ahead of us. Um, a long, long week, a week that will feel like months until we get back to Villa Park, but I, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I won't be going to Villa Park, but as I've said to these guys um, before, um, I've already told my fiance that if Villa do uh, qualify for European competition, um, some funds are going to be scrounged up and I might just have to leave her for a few days up to a week, um, depending on that. And we might have to make a live edition of the whole cast who knows we'll, we'll have to wait and see if that actually does happen or if i will not longer be a fiance or engaged but regardless of that let's go to mr simon o'regan or as i guess seb wants to call him uh gabby Egbonhor. i mean you've got the you've got the hair issue right now simon we do have to bring that up but how's it going <laughs> with you my friend i mean not too bad in, in spite of that uh introduction um I like to think I'm a bit more articulate than Gabby, at least on the on on media when I'm talking. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm all good, thank you. Yeah, um, I mean, you, you can't really complain after points at Anfield and sort of echoing what Seb said going into this last game of the season, having it in your own hands to qualify for Europe is just ridiculous. I mean, as we've said so many times, when you think of where where we've been at various points in the season. Um, you know, not not just sort of the position we're in when we made the managerial change. But even on the first of April before we played Chelsea, we were eleventh, still we were in the bottom half of the table on you know less than two months ago. So 
to be in the position we're in to have it have our own our fate in our own hands, not having to rely on other results, just purely what we do. You couldn't you couldn't really ask to be in a better position and yeah, you know, these this next week now counting down the days to Sunday. Feels like a playoff final, doesn't it? We're building up to that almost, doesn't it, Simon? Yeah, a little bit, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it's basically a cup final, isn't it? So it is a bit like that. It's um it's nice to be going into the last game of the season having something to play for in a positive sense. You know, it's not like um sort of a few years ago, that last day going to West Ham needing something to stay up, which was one of one of the worst experiences of my life sitting in a bar in Ibiza watching that game. But um I I'm just I'm really, really looking forward to this one. Absolutely. Every time I think of that game, the, the final um, game against West Ham, I always think of just the way we conceded and literally the life leaving. I think it was Andy Townsend's voice when he just went, oh, <laughs> as soon as Pepe Reina decided that he basically couldn't make any more saves. And I don't know. Anyways, we don't need to go back into um, that absolute shitstorm. But regardless of that, of course, like I said, we're here to talk about Liverpool 1, Aston Villa 1. I guess this is probably the second best um, way it could have went. Uh, The first, of course, would have been we held on for um, that one Liverpool chance and we got all three points. We'd be sitting on 60 points and virtually basically having it wrapped up and a point would have been good enough against Brighton, maybe even a loss, depending how Spurs um, play against Leeds on the final day. But you know what? We'll have to wait and see. We're on 58 points now. Spurs are on 57. And um, I believe Brentford are a point behind them, if I'm thinking correctly. I don't exactly have the table. Yes, they are in front of me at that time. But um, it's a, I don't know, a nerve wracking one to say the least. Something I, as a as a Villa fan that, that only has followed for just over a decade now is something I'm very unfamiliar with. And Seb, being a, a very young man as well, probably just knows as much as I do in terms of Villa having extreme amounts of success in the upper echelons of the Premier League, the happy days. I mean, Simon's seen it all since the absolute foundations of the football club and all that. That's what Seb would say, at least. I'm putting words in his mouth. That way I don't get stuffed in the bin at a later date. But regardless of that, of course, just to break down the goal scorers of um, Saturday's game, of course, there was a missed penalty to kick things off. Villa started very, very brightly and um, probably could have had a little bit more. Uh, We'll get to the Ollie Watkins missed penalty that came in the 22nd minute a little later on because uh, there was a few uh, listener questions that kind of came in and one of those discusses um, kind of penalty takers going forward. Not something that we haven't discussed before, being massively sarcastic saying that, but of course... Villa did score in the 27th minute via Jacob Ramsey, a Douglas Louise assist. Very nice, well-played-in ball. Very Trezeguet-esque if you want, against Leicester if you want to compare it to something um, in that manner. And of course, I mean, as, as soon as Bobby Firmino came on, it just felt like something was going to happen. I, I don't know why. I thought we were in complete control, but Salah puts it on a plate uh, for Firmino and um, a very good finish to say the least but all in all that was the 89th minute there was 10 minutes of added time after that we'll discuss that in a bit as well because that absolutely blew my mind but uh, anyway Seb I'll, I'll throw this one over to you what'd you make of the first half performance in particular let's start there because I mean aside from the missed penalty and of course scoring personally obviously we could have been 2-0 up but I thought it could have been even more the way we were playing complete control wasn't it um 
we looked shored, we looked dominant, we looked assertive. Um, and Liverpool didn't really have an answer for us in that first half. They couldn't play out. And I said on the preview that I, I thought it would be a battle between the midfields. And that was a battle that we came out on top of um, quite significantly. You know, we had opportunities, we had chances. You mentioned the penalty, the goal as well, which was a brilliantly, brilliantly taken goal. The assist was inch perfect. And, you know, Douglas Louise can do no wrong at the moment in my eyes. So, yeah, first half was brilliant. Second half, not so much. Fatigue probably comes into it. Then we had a few injuries that we had to contend with and, Liverpool at home to Anfield are never going to be bad for 90 minutes straight. So, you know, we we always had to weather a storm of some kind. And it's a shame that the goal happened when it did. Um, because I did, I don't want to say I did think we were going to hold on because I was always nervous, but it almost felt inevitable at some point that they would score, especially the further we sat back. But I actually want to credit us for holding on to the point in the end. I was worried that when the equaliser went in, that that would be it and they would go and get a second because it seems very um, Villa-ish to happen, if 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 you want to make that a word. So, yeah, credit for holding on to a point. And I think it was a fair point. I think it was a deserved point. Both teams probably deserved to come away with it with something in the end. So it's one of those where you look back on and think the right result was probably was probably won in the end. Absolutely. And Simon, I'll throw this your way. I mean, of course, Luca Dean came in, of course, and so uh, did Matty Cash and uh, the big boob, Booba Karkamara, of course, slotted into the, the midfield. McGinn played slightly a little bit more advanced. It was it was a, a little bit of a different lineup, but you'd have to say probably the right lineup to face a, a, a very um, informed Liverpool team, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd, I'd say, yeah, I think so. The only real surprise was... Uh, Luca Dean starting over Moreno. Um, I didn't see that one coming. If I'm being totally honest, just because I thought, I mean, I think I think Dean is actually a, a pretty decent player. I think he's got a bit of a bit of a hard rep amongst a lot of fans, and I think defensively he is quite good. And maybe that was kind of the thinking to have him up against Salah, but I think Moreno is a good defender as well. And I, and I, I think Moreno probably could have caused Trent a few problems. Because he's so good going forward, and obviously, as talented player as Trent is, we all know he's got those deficiencies in his defensive game. So I was kind of a little surprised at that. But then maybe I, th- I think probably the game plan was obviously as well happened to bring Moreno on, sort of with half an hour to go um, against sort of a tiring perhaps Liverpool team, and then you know you've just gotten lucky. Then obviously he's picked up that injury, which. Sort of reports suggesting we'll keep him out of the Brighton game, which which is a real shame. But um, no, yeah, I thought the lineup was, was was pretty spot on, kind of what I expected. Um, obviously, Ashley Young has been brilliant, but it wouldn't surprise to see Matty Cash come back into it, and wasn't really surprised to see Kamara come back in as well. I think we saw when he came on against Tottenham last week. I think within like two or three minutes, me and my brother turned to each other at like, the exact same time and said, God, I've forgotten how good that lad is. So it was, uh, yeah, it was good to get him back in there. And, and certainly in that first half, so as uh, Seb was talking about, it really works. We completely controlled that midfield and it's not really a surprise, actually. You look at, if you looked at the two midfields that were lining up against each other, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that Villas is a lot better than Liverpool's midfield. Like Liverpool have got Great players in attacking areas. Obviously, the Addison's a wonderful keeper. 
Trent's real time Van Dijk is, but their midfield is sort of that is their weak part. Everyone kind of knows that they need real investment in there. So I think it, yeah, it made perfect sense to get Kamara back in there because the sort of the relationship him and Luis have and how good McGinn and Ramsey are. Uh, yeah, it made sense and it only worked really well. It's just a shame that I didn't quite capitalise on on it to, to maybe go two up. Because I think had we gone two nil up, I'm pretty sure that we'd have held out for the win. But then, sort of, as I said, was saying, you know, Liverpool were the better team probably in the second half, and I think a draw was a fair result. And their goal, to be fair to them, that's a brilliant ball from Salah. Like, I mean, he's a world class player, but that it's almost one of those sort of undefendable crosses. Really, he's, he's put it in perfectly, and like you kind of said with Firmino when he came on. And you knew what was going to happen. So the fact we've, we came away still with the points, yeah, you can't really complain. Well, to be fair, if anyone was going to score, I'm just glad it wasn't Milner because then there would have been, you know, they would have related it back to his Villa days and all that kind of stuff. And it would have slightly stung a little bit. But regardless of that, you guys are both right. I mean, when you sit back and you look at it, I kind of felt like at halftime that, I mean, it's obvious to say maybe it's being a little bit pessimistic, but I just always felt like missing that penalty may have came in bit us at some point and unfortunately it did and we'll get to a little bit of fortune that happened of course in the second half as well and of course a little bit of injury update news in terms of Alex Moreno the man that literally put his body on the line um, and unfortunately has suffered for it for uh, the remainder of their season which is only one game so it's really not the end of the world especially when you do have Luca Dean as well Um, it's kind of weird to think we actually have decent fullback options it's it's been a, a long long uh while since that but simon i'll throw this one back to you and this is coming from a uh twitter question someone sent in i think it was uh, yesterday when i put up the post um and we might as well discuss the whole kind of penalty things right now it's probably been a while since we've discussed this on the podcast maybe it's been a year or so or maybe even more but i know it's been discussed at least and um nigel wv asks who should take our penalties going forward? Do we stick with Ollie um, or give them to someone else? If so, who gets the responsibility? So with all your years of Villa wisdom, um, what are your thoughts on that? Who would you select? Or I, I guess more importantly, so who do you think should be the one taking them? I don't really know. Um, I do I do think that you probably have to take Watkins off them just because I think I think in that he's maybe taken nine penalties in his career and he's missed five of them. So that's well, that's not great, obviously. But I mean, some of the ones he's missed as well, like they they have been like really bad ones. I thought that was a really poor penalty on on the weekends. Um, so I do think you probably need to take him off. As to who you give them to, I don't really know because uh, I, I mean, obviously we haven't seen. I don't think there's anyone in that squad now that would have seen take a penalty as far as I'm aware. So there's, there's no real obvious candidate. I mean, I've, I've seen a few people say Douglas Louise. Obviously he's got great technical ability, but he kind of, he, he only seems to do well if he's shooting from the corner. Like really. <laughs> or, you know, I was in that, in the free kit last week. So I, I, I don't really know. I, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably not, not really the answer. That you you want, but I don't. There's just no obvious candidate. I mean, Ramsey, he's a good finisher. I'll, you know that that could possibly be one. Um, yeah, no, that's it's, it's a tough one to answer. If, if Ashley Young was on the pitch, I'd probably probably let him have it. Um, 
But yeah, no, if you got a penalty against Brighton, well, I think if we if we do get one on the weekend, I'm I'm fairly sure that Watkins still probably have it. But I would imagine that that will be something that will be addressed in the summer, maybe with whatever attacking players we might bring in. I wouldn't be surprised if if one of them is is able to take a penalty. You took the words right out of my mouth. Actually, I, I was going to say I don't think this is a debate that we'll need to have come the summer because I think someone will come in and almost take that take that role on. Um, to be fair, it's it's probably been a long time coming because we've had Danny Ings at the club and then before that we had El Ghazi, so it was never something we ever had to worry about. And to, to be fair, Villa haven't been given their fair share of penalties this season. So again, it's probably been swept under the carpet, but I'm glad it has come up because... It, it seems weird that we have to suggest people, because I don't think I've seen anyone of this squad take a penalty, maybe other than Watkins. and Did McGinn take one in the shootout at West Brom? I don't think he did, no. So Who, who took penalties against Chelsea last year? That's what I'm trying to think of. Cameron Archer took one, El Ghazi took another. Oh yeah, I mean, could we just loan him back for a game if that does happen? I'd appreciate that. <laughs> I think Nakamba missed one. Nakamba missed that one. Games, yeah, they? yeah. I mean, that was always going to happen. Let's be and then honest. Did, <laughs> did, did McGinn miss one? I feel like McGinn's taken a penalty and missed. I'll have oh, to. I listen, can't remember. Actually, Seb, but I'll I mean, give the, I'll give that duty to you. You look that up and you let us know. <laughs> but like the the that shootout, obviously against uh, West Brom, the Championship. I don't think any of the players who took those penalties in that are still at the club. To be honest. So um, yeah, there's 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 no one. I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure Luke Dean has probably taken penalties in his time. He at various clubs has sort of been on set pieces. And to be fair, I think he actually would probably take a decent penalty. So, so, so that could possibly be one. So do you have um, the answer? Yes. So it was Ashley Young that missed with Nakamba that um, that led to our defeat that day. Um, it doesn't say who scored. It just says that um, Young and Nakamba missed. And I think the other, I think we only got to take four. So one of them was El Ghazi. And I think the other one was Archer. I think so. I think you're But either way, well. it was, yeah, Young definitely missed one. So um, maybe maybe you were saying that with heart over, overhead. So. <laughs> well, I mean, he did score this season. So at least we've got to see it once. And if, I mean, that's going to be something, I guess, when we do our season review as well, or kind of into the summer, what his future um, is kind of going into next season as well. But that'll be a discussion for another day. Personally, like Simon says, I do agree. I feel like it's probably going to go, it would go back to Watkins if we did get a penalty against Brighton. But for me, I would say if I was going to go with a kind of one, two or three option, I'd probably say first should be Dougie Louise. Second would be probably Luca Dean, and third maybe John McGinn. I just feel like in terms of pressure situations, it's a it's a weird one with Ollie because I feel like he's proven so many people wrong since Unai Emery's come in in every single way, and it seems like he's been able to handle that pressure. But I mean, maybe it was just well, obviously it was a poor effort because it didn't even hit the goal, but it just seemed to kind of swallow him whole in terms of the pressure cooker in that situation. But uh, regardless of that, it is what it is. It's, it's a missed penalty and we move on and we do have that point. Seb, you have your finger. With my history (laughs) of, um, (laughs) with my history of um, 
kicking footballs at Villa Park, maybe I could step up. Um, <laughs> well, you didn't even keep it on the pitch, I'm pretty sure, actually. So I, I don't know if we want to go with that. Um, Simon, I you still won't have to laugh somewhere. at that, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, it was pretty horrific, but uh, we'll, we'll put it on the 7,500 to Holt. Um, no, let's, let's Very not. shortly. Um, I don't know if I still have it on my phone. I thought I did, but if not, I'm sure Simon still does. So oh, maybe I've, I've definitely there. still got it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so no. maybe that, that'll be after the season review when we reflect on um, maybe Seb's contributions to Villa and this podcast at the very end of the season. But of course, flipping over to the second half, it was, there was a lot of action, to be fair, of course. Liverpool had a, a goal waved off, which was rightly offside. I don't really think there's much um, discussion to have there, in my opinion. I don't know. I, I thought it was, at least. I don't know. That's that's how I saw it. I, so, I, think, we, I think we got away with one there. Yeah, I'm right. sorry, here. sorry, Carl. The, they're saying that the reason it was disallowed is, was because it wasn't the deliberate action from Constant to play the ball. He, he lifted his leg up to to try and get a flick on that. Like that's we definitely. If that back. was us, yeah. If we'd had we'd one more down flat, I'd be absolutely fucking livid. Like we we definitely got away with that one there. But you know, we we've had so many so many things go against us. You know, over the course of the season and like previous seasons, especially against sort of like the bigger teams. So you, you know, you, when you go way to somewhere like Anfield as well, especially with the run that they've been on, you do need those sort of little bits of luck to, to go your way. And nine times out of 10, they don't. So I'm not complaining, but we, I think we definitely got away with one there. But that's, 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 the, that's the only thing that in Klopp's ridiculous rants after the game, that's the only thing I think he did actually have a point on. Everything else is bullshit, but on that one, yeah. <laughs> Can we, whilst we're on the topic of debates, can we also bring up the um, VAR red card incident? Because I would like to get your boys' <laughs> oh, <laughs> opinions on it. It's ridiculous, in my opinion. I like, well, first of all, Klopp's comments acted like um, it was a Gakpo, basically got shot, essentially. Um, I, I, I get it, but the fact that he's playing the like, th- this is what I don't understand. So it's almost like in these situations commentators we should get to the commentary as well if, if you guys have heard it since because i've never heard i didn't so much hear it but i saw it in my life oh my okay let's get to that for a second and then i'll get back to the other point you might have to remind me of the other point i need to go on a little bit of a tangent because i don't know who the co-commentator was but every time villa had possession in the first half especially he was basically so distraught that Liverpool didn't have possession and Villa were wasting time and we weren't doing this and that and um, because we scored but Liverpool are going to come back and basically just absolutely throttle us essentially and I just thought I don't know who is paying him but I didn't know I was watching LFC TV that's all I can say because holy crap and then the second half it was like someone must have talked to him or something because then he was giving Villa all the plaudits, all of how fantastic we're defending and all this, until of course Liverpool scored, and then he basically went back and said they're just they're gonna win this now and all this. So, anyways, if if anyone wants to tweet at us and tell who that co commentator was, he was freaking brutal. But anyways, Seb, what was the question? Because I already forgot. Ming's red card or non red card? Um, for me, it's not like what I was trying to get to before my rant was. 
he's he's playing the ball. He gets the ball. It's not like he. It's not like the whole like Eric Cantona thing that happened years ago, where he literally kung fu kicked him. I guess you could compare that in some ways, but it's almost like some people expect Mings to just let Gakpo fly by him with the ball and go on a break. He he's playing it fairly. I, I, at the end of the day, I mean, accidents do happen, collisions do happen. If it wasn't a a complete non-contact sport, it'd be tiddlywinks. So uh, at the end of the day, but Simon, I'll throw it to you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's never read cards in a million years. And what I would say is that the arguments that he, he played the ball, I don't think that that's necessarily the strongest argument because you you can win the ball and then still go in stood high on someone's shins. I, I think a couple of months ago, uh, I think it was Casemiro got sent off for United against Southampton for an instance where, yeah, he got the ball first, but he still then ended up going over the top of it and stood in someone's shin. So that's not necessarily like the the sort of winning line in, in, in this argument. But for me, what it was is it's not... He hasn't gone in like sort of studs flying in, if you know what I mean. He's, he's kicked the ball away and it's, 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 as his foot is coming down, he's trying to pull away it, that he's, he's caught Gakpo. Um, so, I mean, 10, 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, you don't even get a free kick. For like, that's not even the foul. I, I think he probably was, it probably was a foul because obviously he has caught him, but any suggestion that that should have been a red card is, is absolutely ridiculous. And he had... Um, I'd obviously yesterday sort of on Twitter and stuff, everyone sort of pointing out the hypocrisy from Liverpool fans about the Jota incident the other week against Tottenham where he's kicked Skip in the face. Now that that is completely different into what happened yesterday. Like if if his foot was any higher and he caught Gakpo like in the head, then I think you probably would have to say that's a red card because that is just that that is dangerous play. What happened yesterday? He was in funny enough. You know, I've just seen it come up again on the TV. I just watched it again. It's 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 not a record at all. It's not dangerous. He he's caught him, but he's caught him as he's pulling his leg away, and it's the momentum of Gakpo running into him as well. So I I just I, I honestly was I was gobsmacked that there were even there was even like a, a proper VAR check on it. To be honest, is 
I, I, I really didn't think there was an awful lot in it. I, sh- I should correct my statement because you are right, Simon. It's not he got the ball, but I just felt like in that circumstance, if he would have used any other part of his body to do that, he wouldn't have won it. It was like like you said, it's momentum. Two players coming into each other. I don't know. I I think maybe it's the era we're in now where if you touch someone else, then basically it's <laughs> the end of the world. We don't need to go into that debate because you could apply that to a million different facets of life these days. But Seb, the one thing I did want to get your opinion on is um, let's have a little bit of a, this will be the uh, Liverpool whinging um, section because there's just a few things that bother me, just a few, but um, Fabinho, I, I mean... I, I know every time I watch a Liverpool game, which isn't very often, the, the amount of fouls, first of all, it seems like him and Rodri just don't really get called for anything that I've seen in terms of, I guess, the upper echelon teams of the Premier League or their traditional top six, per se. I mean, I think I counted five fouls in the first half, at least. But what did you make of it? Because I, let's be honest, if he was, if, if he was, if Fabinho was a Villa player, he would have been yellow carded after probably the second one, but t- you can tell me if I'm wrong if if you want. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's a really difficult one because it obviously depends on who's the ref. It depends on, and I know it shouldn't, but it also depends on where the game's being played because the home team is always well, unless it's Villa, it seems is always likely to have the benefit of the doubt. But that's what the elite teams do is they have someone like Rodri or like Fabinho who will make a clever tackle and most of them were clever tackles it's Villa on the break and before it turns into almost a dangerous attack in air quotation marks they'll stop it and they'll not let it continue so yeah he he should have been yellow carded earlier but I think I think a few Liverpool players could have been um so it's, yeah, it's one of those where you could debate it all night long about, you know, different contentious decisions. But I, th- I think that's one of the minimal ones come come the game. Absolutely. And Simon, let's let's throw one more in there. Um, let's talk about the time wasting, I guess. I, I don't want to say it's a controversy because, of course, it seems like now they're trying to make up for um, what they the Premier League deems to be time wasting at this point in time. So now you're seeing, I, I noticed with a few other games this weekend, it seems like they all had ridiculous amounts of um, added time in really both halves. But of course for 10 minutes, Klopp said it should have been 15. Of, of course he's going to say that because then he thinks they would have scored. Um, but regardless of that, I mean, for um, him as their head coach to then even, basically say we're the ones time wasting yada 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 and then you have someone like Fabinho constantly fouling which does add up time as well it's it's a little one-sided of an argument isn't it yeah I mean the the sort of time wasting elements of of his rants was a bit odd because the time was added on so I, I could understand it if it's like there was only three or four minutes that I was putting at the end of the game like they there would be some some sort of merit to the argument because like we do time waste. There's no point trying to deny that. Like Martinez is like the goat at it. He's like, it's it's beautiful to watch when he's on your team and like Ashley Young is similar as well. So we do do it, but I I quite like the fact that we do it. You know, it's, it's, it's game management. It's part of the game. 
as I said, the, the time was was added on, so that didn't really make sense. And then he was he was also saying that it's like uh, it's like a rhythm breaker. It's breaking the rhythm. Well, the Fabinho fouling is the epitome of of a rhythm breaker. Um, so yeah, I kind of I thought it was odd, but that's that's just Jurgen Klopp for you when. If if they'd have won that game, he, I honestly don't think he he mentions anything about it. But it's it's a deflection tactic and frustration of his team not picking up three points. Um, I mean the the whole the length of time that gets added on, I kind of don't really have a problem with it. Like if teams are going to time waste and sort of manage the game professionally, if you if you want to use that phrase. I don't really have an issue with with the time being added on. Like that, that's 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 not something that I'd be too annoyed at. What what I do find a little strange is I haven't done it all season, and now with two games to go, they decided to do it. I, I do think that that is a bit odd, but um, yeah, it's just it's one of those things, isn't it? Really, I, I, I kind of I, I just thought it was one of many strange things that that he came out with after the game. Yeah, I feel like the Premier League's trying to catch up on a few things. First of all, they they finally ban Ivan Tony after being found guilty basically 60 years ago at this point. Um, that we thought would probably help out Spurs, but Spurs are sort of <laughs> crap now. It didn't matter. And now I'm almost thankful that they've banned him because that might benefit us uh, really in the long run now, as long as Embueno, um doesn't uh, decide to have the same game that he did against Spurs um against City but um regardless of that I I do agree I've never had an issue with adding on time and time wasting is annoying but let's be honest Aston Villa are not the only club that have ever done it every single club has done it throughout the season for various reasons whether the other team has momentum they're holding on to a lead um or you never know it's a, a draw or for whatever reason they're down to 10 men for example whatever it does happen it's nothing special and um I just I feel like it's almost kind of a a mute point for people to really bring up at this point in time. Liverpool not getting in the Champions League is not because they drew against Aston Villa, is because they were crap at different points of the season and were as consistent as other clubs. So if they want to be frustrated at that at, at us for that, then it is what it is. But uh, I guess all we can say then to the likes of United and Newcastle is you're welcome at this point in time. But regardless of that, Seb, I'll come to you next because there was another um, question that someone um, sent in here as well. Um, let's see here. Um, we'll go with um, the very creative name of Tom Hanks Pants. <laughs> I don't I don't know why someone wanted to call themselves, but they're listening that. Um, I don't know. Tell me why you're called Tom Hanks Pants. I kind of want to know why. So feel free to to DM the $7,500 account to explain that um, regardless of it. Um, he asks, did Kamara look match fit today? Um, that's the first question. And then he also said, do you wish Klopp had been allowed on the touchline? It would have been tremendous entertainment. I imagine he would have stripped to the waist, buttered his torso and offered all officials out for V1. So what do you make of those ones? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> First of all, I'll be keeping an eye on the account as well to see to see what his DM is. Second of all, do I think he's match fit? Probably not. Um, we saw it when he when he started at Chelsea that he probably wasn't ready. Um, however, I think there will have been. He he was clearly part of the game plan for Emery, and to 
emulate that. Kamara had to be a part of that. Um, and we have to build his match fitness up somehow. With two games left, it's almost risk-free, if you like. So to be able to give him the minutes, you know, we had assurances on the bench, if not. So do I think he was fully match fit? No, but do I think it was a problem or a you know, something that could have gone wrong? No, not so much. Um, and and he did his job to an absolute T, so it's a credit to him. Second of all, I, I don't really know what to say about the, the second point. I just thought I'd add that in there because I, I, I wasn't honestly going to add that uh, or kind of question you with the second point, but you know what? If you had a creative answer, I definitely would have taken it, of course. Well, like I said, the game finished one all. And just to kind of bring up the stats, of course, possession-wise, Liverpool had 66% to our 34. Uh, the first match for a long while, you'd have to say, where um, we probably had less than 40%, at least that I can remember. It feels like it's been absolute eon, especially under Unai Emery. Uh, Liverpool had 10 shots to our six. Uh, we had uh, three shots to their five, nine corners to Liverpool four for us. They had 16 fouls and we had 13. So um, really, aside from possession, everything else looked relatively um, a close call, I guess you would say. But let's get over to the three word reviews now. I don't want to keep everyone here too, too long because this is actually a, a late recording session for um, Simon and Seb. So in order for them to have um, enough beauty sleep to enjoy their Mondays, um, let's get over to the three word reviews now, which of course you can tweet us at 7,500 to hold post-match. Usually it goes out five to 15 minutes after the final whistle. Always a good laugh. And there's always a lot of interaction um, between, I guess, those tweeting us and you guys kind of responding to one another's input as well so let's start with um nick knack james um just a little kind of a preface before his he says i think jacob ramsey has them saying this to the crowd essentially suck on that (laughs) i do like that one uh gary osman says bloody great effort uh gaz williams worth three points um let's go to um sue mason burns we are massive um uh Tyrell Furlow says control our destiny. Uh Chris AVFC, Villa and Proud, Villa Hawk, that will do. Mark Dalton in our hands. Um, let's see here. Kelly um Holmey. Sorry if I absolutely butchered that, Kelly. Um Mings was massive. Um Andy James, our own destiny. Um, and let's uh let's do Three more, why not? Uh, rock and roll star, on we go. Um, let's see here. Um, Woody Woodpecker, he has four. I like this gif, and it just says, we are still here. Um, I forget who that actor is and what movie that's from, but uh, regardless, um, I thought it was pretty a pretty good, timely one to put in. And um, I think I have one more here. Let's finish off with... Um, Kind of the most accurate one, and of course, why we're all here discussing Villa at this moment. Macavilla says, um, of course, and this is cheating because it's not three words, but he says, one win for Europe now. So I'm going to let that one slide because I thought it fit best. I edit this. So, um, yeah, I guess Colin Frederick, too, said one more match. So maybe um, I should have penalized uh, Macavilla for that. But um, nonetheless, it is what it is. Seb, your three word review, please. One more to go. Oh, bollocks, that's four. Um, <laughs> uh, 
one more cup fight. Oh fuck, that's four as well. <laughs> oh no. Um, just to put it out there, it is nearly quarter past midnight. So leave me some slack. Can I? Um, can I save you? Can you vote me in? Yes, of course you can. Why don't you just say one more final? There you go. Smashed it. <laughs> Perfect. I, w- I, I would ask if you could edit that to make it sound like I said it, but I know that you wouldn't do that for me. No, no, I, I don't have enough respect for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Regardless of that, Simon, how about you? Uh, well, I was going to go with something. That's more than three words, fair. Simon. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was going to go with one final push. That's too similar. So I'll go with uh, finish the job. Finish the job. Okay. Very simple. Did you have to count that out in your head? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I'm not really in a position to talk, but yes, exactly. Especially when you had to have three goes and I had to save you. Um, (laughs) I haven't really thought of this. I'm slightly panicking. This is Um, your segment. (laughs) Oh, actually, here's one. Europa Conference League. There we go. Yes. (laughs) I like that. Thank God. I, I was going to say um, Unai's big balls, but I'm pretty sure I've already done that. So, um, <laughs> Can that be the title of the podcast? I mean, if it gets more views, I'm all for it, to be honest. But um, you know what? We'll, we'll wait and see. Or if we get cancelled, I don't I don't know how that works in terms of the podcasting world. It's not YouTube, so who knows? Um, but aside from that, the one thing finally I do want to discuss quickly before we do um, end this edition of the Holtcast, of course, just looking at the final day of the Premier League season, of course, we've already touched on it briefly. Uh, Villa will play Brighton. Uh, Brentford will play City. And Spurs, of course, will play Leeds, who really, out of those three, you look at Leeds United and, and Spurs is probably the most difficult ones in terms of Leeds literally fighting for their Premier League status. Um, Brentford are playing City, albeit some people might think City uh, will be at the beach. They did just beat Chelsea, which, to be honest, isn't really a mean feat <laughs> this season. Um, but they did beat them quite comfortably with their B team, so we'll have to wait and see. And, of course, Brighton have now confirmed they are in Europe next season. They're on 61 points. We can match that, but they have um, 16 more goals to the good than us in terms of goal differential. So unless you beat them 16 nil or more that's probably uh, not going to get us in the um Europa League so they've at least got Europa or um well basically they have Europa you would say I, I know some people kind of put the permutation of potentially the um Europa Conference League as well but um yeah it would take too much of a swing so like we said it's in our hands but um a bold prediction just in case we don't have enough time to um record another edition of this podcast prior to the Brighton game Seb are we winning next Sunday? What's the score going to be? And most importantly, are we going to get European football? For months and months and months now, I have always said, if we got it down to the last game of the season, I'd be confident that we'd beat Brighton. And now we're in this scenario. I I just don't know. It, oh. The only thing I do know is my nerves for that 90 minutes are going to be in absolute tatters, but I, I feel it'd be wrong of me to predict anything other than a win. So do I think we'll win? Yes. I will go for a very nervy two one. Fair enough. Simon, how about you? Yeah, I think we'll do it. Um, as I think I, 
WhatsApp in the group. My my niece is going to the game and she she's the lucky charm. We've never never lost when, whenever she's gone. I think I think we've won by seven games and drew one. And that was against Man City this season, which is basically a win. So yeah, no, but you it, get a it, season it, ticket next season. Honestly, the the amount of people that we sit around who are furious when I turn up after she's been to the previous game, I cannot tell you. Um, no, I, I think I think we'll do it. I, I, I think two nil. Um, obviously, it will. It'll be a difficult game, but I kind of kind of think it is maybe now in our favour that Brighton already have European football wrapped up. Like, so they. It's not like they have to get anything out of that game. They know that they're going to be in, in the Europa League because there's not going to be a 16 goal swing. So I think that kind of does help us out a little bit in a way. So I, yeah, I think we'll do it. And, and regardless, I don't, I, I can't really see Tottenham winning. I mean, I, I know I can't, I can't really see Leeds winning either because they're crapping both of those teams are so bad at the moment. I, I kind of think we could probably draw, even lose the game, and still get away with it. But I don't think we'll. I think we'll. I, I think we'll get the job done too. Now we've what, won our last six in a row at Villa Park, and even in that run, we you know that that's included Newcastle, who are a good team. It's not like he's only been sort of against dross around us. So yeah, I'm, I'm fully confident. The consolation I'm holding on to is that it will have been Brighton's sixth game in two weeks against us so I'm hoping that they will be absolutely knackered because they, because they've got Man City on Wednesday I think yeah exactly I, I mean they they haven't had easy games so you know they've played Arsenal in that time they've played Newcastle Man City like you said so they they got beat by Everton so yeah I'm, I'm hoping by the time they get to us they'll be absolutely on the floor well if they somehow draw against City midweek of course, they're already guaranteed a, a European spot, but that absolutely 100% assures it regardless, I guess, points-wise. It takes away from any crazy goal swing unless they lost, like, I don't know, like 8-0 <laughs> to City or 10-0 <laughs> or something for some stupid reason and give us a chance and we win, like, 6-0, which isn't going to happen. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think you have to go with this a lot, a lot of confidence into this one. I'm going to go... Uh, it's going to be nervy. And I can just see Villa squeaking it out and they're not going to do it easily because when do we ever do anything easily? Let's be honest. I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. We're going to get a late winner. It's going to be one all and we're going to get that late winner. Um, and um, yeah, Who's it's going to happen. Oh, do, do not put that on me. I I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you don't like being put on the spot, do you? It's not very well, nice, no, is it? No, well, hey, no. If it's a late winner, it's too hard to say who might be on the pitch at that point in time. Um, John Duran, late winner. <laughs> I was actually <laughs> thinking that, to be fair. I, I, that or I was thinking Ashley Young just for the uh, old school vibes or something like that. Wouldn't that be oh so fitting if that's his last? Uh, I think Simon game, would but... combust at that point. Oh, yeah, honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He would put you through the bins, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all in all, you know what? Um, Can we add some context about this bin chat? Because I think well, people might not understand it. Let's leave it for one more week. We'll we'll leave it as a mystery. We'll we'll cover. Actually, you know what? Let's cover it in the season review or something like that. Um, when we're all because we, we might we might have a photo to go with it then. So. <laughs> <laughs> Villa aren't finishing sixth, so I guess Seb's technically safe. But if Simon wants to do it anyways, I can't control him. Um, well, so... as, as as we said before, and 
if if we're out in Birmingham and we've had a few drinks, who knows? <laughs> if Seb's had a few drinks, he might put himself in the bin. So who knows? <laughs> as long as you don't wake up there in the morning, that's the only thing I'd be concerned about, young man. But uh, regardless of that, like I said, it's it's in Villa. It's Villa's hands. Would it be Oso Villa to somehow screw it up? I guess we'll have to wait and see. And like I was jokingly saying to these guys pre-recording, wouldn't it be something for us to to draw or lose Spurs to draw or lose and Brentford to beat city. Um, and of course, if we drew and Brentford won, they'd still go ahead of us. Cause they do have um, a plus 11 goal differential. And we only have plus four. So wouldn't that be fitting, but uh, I'm not going to put that too much into the universe right now. We're just going to go with positive Villa vibes and really hope for the best. But anyways, Let's leave it at that. Thank you very much to Simon and Seb, who's now wearing sunglasses inside for God knows what reason. Um, Very much appreciated as always. And thank you to everyone listening, of course, as well. You can tweet the team at 7,500 to Holt. You can tweet Seb at Sebastian Bacon 8. Tweet Simon at Simon O'Regan. <laughs> tweet me at Talk Aston Villa. Of course, you can go to the website triple w dot seventy five hundred to Holt. And if you want to email us for any reason, hopefully it's appropriate, Holtcast at gmail.com. That's the first time I've ever done this outro, not in order, and my brain is absolutely combusting as I'm thinking and wondering if I screwed something up. Seb is just vibing with the sunglasses on, so I think it's time to uh to say our piece and uh yeah. i can't wait to go to bed <laughs> <laughs> i can tell because it's about four hours past your bedtime but anyways we'll leave it at that and don't forget up the villa we're going up and-